0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Glow Radio. Today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Siobhan. And I actually connected with her on TikTok. I found her when I was kind of going through the thick of my anxiety. I was having one of those dark nights of the soul moments I've had like 5000 now but I discovered her at that point and I was really grateful to have worked with her so she is a mindfulness and meditation facilitator and she has like a really awesome story of overcoming anxiety which I was really inspired by so I'm excited for our conversation today welcome
1: thank you so much
0: so for those who don't know you could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do
1: Absolutely. So I think when we connected first, I was actually just kind of started getting started on social media. But my background originally was, you know, you and I are very similar in this, we both started off in more of a corporate type of world. And that's kind of what I was going down in terms of a pretty linear path. And then a big part of my story is that I really hadn't actually had any struggles with mental health prior to university and working in full-time corporate world. Um, And what really started to form my mental health journey was experiencing severe anxiety and panic attack throughout that experience. Um, So really when I started to shift into what I'm doing now was just throughout that experience, being able to find the tools that helped me to navigate that time of intense anxiety and panic and just feeling like throughout that period, I didn't feel super comfortable talking to anyone about it because although it was only a few years ago, it was still pretty taboo. Um, And so what I'm doing now, obviously I've shifted away from that world a little bit. And what I'm doing now is really just to open up those conversations and share the resources and tools that were helpful for me during that time and that I still rely on now to just kind of keep myself regulated and work through that. And then of course the other goal always of mine is to just continue to open up those conversations and normalize them. And I think that by doing that, we can, we can, you know, understand a little bit better what goes into that experience and how we can support ourselves and others when we're having it. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And of course, as you said, I'm doing a lot of content creation. I have a podcast and just kind of building up my platforms to be able to share those resources a little bit wider.
0: I love that. I feel like I, I was definitely very drawn to your content because I feel like you were one of the first people I saw that truly overcame anxiety or provided really like tangible and practical steps on how to overcome anxiety. Because I feel like a lot of the content that I see are just like people going through it, but mm-hmm. not really offering some type of solution. So mm-hmm. I really appreciated that you were offering that and so I'm curious how did you make the transition from like your corporate world and then doing what you do now like how did you become um, or how did you learn about mindfulness and all that stuff and how did you become a facilitator?
1: Yeah so I mean it wasn't necessarily like an intentional transition it's been a few years of like having, like you said, various crises and identity crises at various times and just trying to figure out where I wanted to go next. So it's been a very iterative process. But when I was in the corporate world, it was basically like, uh, okay, like I don't really have any other option other than to get myself into a new environment. And so my initial kind of taste of mindfulness, because like I said, prior to that experience, I had not explored any of that was I did a yoga teacher training and that was kind of my first glimpse into that world. And then throughout that experience, I was just able to like see myself in that position of maybe I one day could be like guiding and leading people through the experiences that they were having. Um, And then after that, I kind of was able to find what I resonated with more. Obviously I did a lot of my own personal studies and then um, throughout COVID, I did an online mindfulness um, training And I'm working through currently, uh, it's a similar format to the 200 hour yoga teacher training, but it's for meditation. And other than that, it's just been very experiential. So just like taking some of the principles that I learned and just applying them for myself, because I do find it's not a one size fits all. I think, you know, there are principles that I learned that I then apply to myself, but it's been very experimental and trial and error and weaving everything that I'm learning through my own personal anxiety experience so it's kind of how I came to where I am now and of course I'm always learning and I'm always taking little courses and stuff like that but yeah
0: I feel like what you described is so aligned with your human design chart because we were just chatting a little bit about this before we started recording but you mentioned that you are a manifesting generator so you're kind of meant to do a bunch of things, not really focus on like a specific path and very like good at multitasking. I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of like how you are. And I noticed yeah. I saw in your, I don't know if you're familiar with the profile numbers, but I saw that you are a one three.
1: Okay. And
0: the one represents like someone who is really good at researching and investigating like they want to get to the bottom of things and um, the three represents someone who is who learns through experience so they go through a lot of trial and error Mm -hmm. and just like so many dips and turns and things like that in life so I feel like what you Mm -hmm. said about just like learning as you go through different things in life is so aligned with your chart.
1: That's so interesting because like those two exact things that you said, like investigating and experimenting are a hundred percent, like really very much who I am. And interestingly, I feel a lot of my own personal like journey is also about accepting that. And um, I do think that being an experimenter, someone who like publicly experiments with things it can be like, I can feel shame about that. And I've talked about this before, how we're kind of expected to have one thing and then like stick with it. And there's like so much shame-based narrative surrounding what it means to try different things. And then also like maybe not go down that path. Like before we started recording, we were talking about you pivoting. And like, I've definitely pivoted many times. My first thing, because I knew I wanted to like be online in some capacity, I actually just started like a blog on skincare, which like, I don't know why, because I really don't know a lot about it. Um, And then that kind of like shifted into, okay, maybe not that, but I know I like expressing myself in this way online. Let's like see where this takes me. And then um, even with my own journey, it's been started off like all about mindfulness, all about like meditation. And my initial thinking was like, I would be supporting people who were in similar corporate type jobs whereas now I've like expanded that a lot. so um, working through inner child work and also connecting with your authenticity and just really like having this sort of feedback loop with my audience to see what people are actually wanting and resonating with. And although at times I felt you know, a little bit ashamed of, oh well, I like should be sticking with this because this is what I originally set out to do. Um, but I guess it's just a really different way of living, and that's why I like human design. It's like honoring what you really feel called to do, and I truly do feel very like that kind of like frustration definitely comes up when I'm going against that. So it has been really interesting to experiment and like lean into that part of myself.
0: I feel like I resonate so much with what you just said because. The whole like shame around like trial and error and pivoting and stuff is, has been on my mind so much lately. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, I guess, stigma or I don't know what it is from society that pushes this belief onto us where we have to stick to the first thing that we started. I feel like that actually hindered me from moving forward, like in the past, in terms of my career or even in my relationships, because I thought that I needed to stick to. The first Mm -hmm. thing that I discovered Mm -hmm. and and so in my human design I also have a one in my profile so I can relate to that like investigative part I don't have a three but what I discovered is not to get super in depth into it but there's like planets in the human design and one of the planets or one of the placements is the north node which is your purpose Mm. in life and then my north node is at a line three. So meaning that I feel like my purpose in life is to like go through a lot of trial and error and like discover things and, you know, adjust when needed. So once I kind of discovered that, I I kind of accepted it more and I didn't feel so bad about like making mistakes and changing my path and so forth.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, does anything on your human design say about like, this could be completely wrong, but I'm curious to know if there's any, cause obviously you're on social media and you're like expressing and you're kind of going through it in real time as well as the same as me. Like it's one thing to be experimenting and pivoting and, you know, shifting gears, but it's another thing to like be doing that publicly. So I'm curious to know if it's like, I think part of my journey also, and I don't know if like my human design would back this up, but regardless, I just do feel like to do that publicly and to accept that you're going to be seen trying and potentially embarrassing yourself because you're not like whatever and just like quote-unquote failing and not that those things are bad but like the perception of that can be tricky because people you you have a lot of like judgment so I'm curious if there's any piece within human design that is like expressing that outwardly I don't know Mm
0: -hmm. well what comes to mind to me actually is more in astrology because I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. more well-versed in astrology But for me specifically, I think that I really enjoy or I am a content creator and so forth because it is very aligned with my purpose because in my Mm -hmm. astrology chart, my north node, so the placement of your higher purpose is in my fifth house and the fifth house is ruled by Leo. So Leo is like the Mm -hmm. sign of self-expression, like they're here to Mm -hmm. be seen, to be recognized, so I really feel like because of that placement in my chart, that's why I'm I'm doing this all publicly. Mm-hmm. Did and- you ever
1: feel like out of curiosity, because um, I personally have felt this at different times too, did you ever feel like weird or ashamed of that? Because for me, I feel like a big part of my social media experience was also that I I thought it was kind of embarrassing to want to do that for a bit, like to be a bit, cringe. it was a bit cringy and coming back to like the experimentation thing, obviously when you're first starting off, you're putting out videos and like posts and you're getting like a couple of likes. Right. So that's also another piece of like, did you ever find that you were, you felt that kind of shame of like, people are seeing me like put myself out there in this way, but I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: No, absolutely. I feel like I, I went through that so much and I feel like I still kind of deal with it sometimes when I'm like pivoting or experimenting, making mistakes. I think if I relate this to astrology, um, there's a placement called your Chiron and the Chiron represents your deepest wounds in life and something that might might trigger you more than it triggers other people. And Mm -hmm. my Chiron sign is also in Leo. So it kind of means like, like Leo's want to be like, you want to be seen, but you're also like nervous about it and nervous about the backlash or Mm -hmm. kind of, um, yeah, anxious about people judging you or things like that. So I think it really relates to that. I wonder if yours is similar. I'm going to pull up. Yeah,
1: I'm curious now.
0: Interesting. Your your Chiron is in Libra. So Libra is like all about balance, all about balance yes. and harmony, wanting things to be, yeah, just like equal balance. Don't they don't like conflict.
1: That is so interesting that you say that because I had a huge revelation about myself yesterday, which is that I don't like anything to be open, like a conflict to not be resolved. And sometimes that actually makes the situation worse because like, you know, when you're having a conflict with someone and they're just kind of like, okay, I need like a a bit of space before. And I'm like, no, like we need to squash this now. So any kind of like open conflict. And then I guess how that pertains to being in more of a public facing position is anytime I'm receiving even the smallest of criticism, like it's this kind of feeling of not being in control of how people perceive you and needing to kind of like remedy that. And a lot of the times it's more of like a people pleasing thing of, even though I don't feel like the comment is fair or the feedback is fair, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you know what I mean? And so something that I've had to learn is, um, paying attention to how I get back to that baseline. And this also ties into like everything that I, 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 Feel about regulating my anxiety is like the the habits and patterns that I have for getting back to the baseline because sometimes they can be just like a kind of desperate desperation um, rather than something that's like grounded and aligned. I'm just really like trying to get my way back to like feeling good. I feel
0: oh my goodness! I feel like I have so so much to add to that. Like first of mm-hmm. all, I feel like what you said really relates to your astrology because you have a lot of Libra placements, you have your Mercury in Libra, your Venus in Libra, your Chiron in Libra, and your North Node in Libra. So the way that you speak, and the way that you process information is very related to the Libra trait. So like wanting balance, hating conflict, like, and how you love and how you are in relationships is probably very like that too like you want things to be kind of equal give and take and Mm. everything being like Libras are all all about like beauty too like they want things to be pretty and just balanced Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds like your well your purpose is also headed in that direction with your north node in Libra too
1: yeah I think that resonates I I would have to um like learn a little bit more about it but I think just based on what you're saying um, that also kind of pertains to you know my experience with mental health was kind of going to an extreme with my work habits and I do find that just my mental health is always a reflection of the amount of balance that I do have so on one hand if I in times that I've gone too far to the opposite side of the spectrum where I've just kind of lost all motivation and not had that kind of forward momentum, I feel like my energy is really low and like that doesn't really feel good. Um, But on the other hand, I just have learned that I'm just not someone who is like designed really to like despite being a manifesting generator, I think it can be very effective for short bursts of time, but like having these cycles of like almost mini burnouts every day where you're just like completely depleted after the day, and then you do that every single day. I think that kind of patterning was what led me to the experience that I had. So my whole priority with what I do now is if I ever feel that I have to just like be mindful of the balance and come up back into it. So- Yeah, that definitely resonates.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you said is just so important for manifesting generators and also generators. I'm a generator because we have a defined sacral center, meaning that we do have like consistent energy to do our day to day tasks and things like that. But I think one of the shadow sides is that we don't know when to stop or it's kind of like not it's not super obvious to us when we need to stop and rest. So I feel like that's like my constant struggle because I'll be really excited about something that I'm doing and literally spend all day doing it, but then it'll lead to burnout because I haven't Mm. allowed that time to rest. Do you feel like that's kind of similar?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the combination of Not knowing when to stop, especially with social media, because you're like kind of always connected. So it's hard to have boundaries with respect to, like, okay, now I'm not using this and I'm having my evening. Um, But also, um, just in relation to this, kind of ties into the whole, um, I believe it's called your, is it like when you have to listen and wait for an emotional reaction? What is that called?
0: Oh, the emotional authority or how yes your your inner
1: authority yeah so that's another piece that's been big for me has been you know having this personality where I want to do everything I want to do it all at once and I what often will happen is I I kind of spin the wheels and like I'm trying to balance too many things at once and so trying to, to like get an idea because I'm very creative and very inspired all the time but to like sit with it Anytime I've done that has been so much better than a time I've just been like, okay, inspiration going. And then I don't think about the actual upkeep that it's going to require to like maintain whatever it is that I'm like starting up. You know what I mean? And then I realize after a while, I'm like, okay, maybe if I had just like thought this through a little bit more and spent a little bit more time. So I feel like that's what I'm going through right now. I've gotten to the point where. I'm flowing with my desire to want to try new things, but I'm also regulating my need to do it all at once. And like that urgency that I have behind it, because I do find if I kind of like let things simmer, reflect, actually start to like cultivate how this would look in my life, it just works a lot better. And not getting to the point where I'm like being a perfectionist, because again, that's another layer Um, but just getting to the point where I'm like, okay, this feels good. This feels aligned. Um, and as I'm sure you can relate, like being on social media, you want to go after every trend you want to go down every like stream. So it can be hard to like stay focused. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely, that's kind of the phase that I'm in now is just being able to take a step back sit with ideas for a bit allow them to kind of grow a little bit more into something substantial and then be able to like integrate that in a way that's sustainable
0: totally I feel like what you just said is like so in alignment with me right now because I've been thinking about my emotional authority a lot because I also have that authority type (laughs) and just learning that like my emotions are so up and down because we just like ride this emotional wave so like you said it's really important for people like us to kind of sleep on things and wait it out until we're in a more stable state before making a decision I feel like in the past a lot of my decisions were made very impulsively a lot of my business decisions and I think that's why they didn't work out. So just mm-hmm. knowing this was such a game changer for me.
1: Yeah. And, I, and I'm still kind of like, once again, trial and erroring what that actually means. I'm curious to hear how you've like kind of navigated that. Because one thing I will say is like in a lot of um, human design stuff like that is the one piece I've never really understood is I guess there's also the piece of like, you need to actually understand and be in touch with your emotions and like when you are in those states. So it's almost like, it's great that I know that I need to wait till I'm in neutral, but like, you have to also know what that actually feels like physically, because I feel like if your emotions are constantly fluctuating, that's been another big part for me is like to, I think it requires um, stillness, which is hard for me often. And like more of a listening and a like surrendering I know that's overused but that is definitely something that once again coming back to like manifesting generally like it doesn't come naturally to me to just like sit and wait Um, but there have been I would just say like a few ideas because I'm always experimenting with like things that I roll out and then how they go and I just find like when I let things kind of like formulate a little bit more and I don't rush them and push them out it just seems to have a better outcome so I don't know I'm still experimenting
0: yeah I feel like I'm I'm also experimenting it's so yeah it's definitely a journey because I think what I've realized is the feeling like that you're talking about what I've learned is that I really feel like it's like a visceral feeling like it's really in my stomach area in my sacral chakra like if something lights me up, I feel really expanded in that area. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a buzzing feeling Mm -hmm. where you're just like completely lit up. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for manifesting generators and generators, like we kind of get like an instant feeling almost like with that emotional authority right in the moment but Mm -hmm. so we kind of already know if it's like a yes or a no, but then it's better to like sleep on it for a little Mm -hmm. bit to get more clarity because you might get more information like as you go through your wave.
1: Yeah. And I do find, I'm not sure about you, like coming back to the intuition piece, you know, not to say that there's like ever like a right or wrong answer. I think every single decision that I've ever made that I could look back and be like, maybe that wasn't the best decision I've gain something from it in one way or another. And I just find that's the most productive way for me to look at, you know, bad decisions. Um, Of course that doesn't apply to everything, but uh, I do find that my initial gut feeling is usually right is what I will say. So it's also a bit of a practice of like the trusting of that. And um, yeah, I think that also takes practice and intention and again stillness to be able to like just have even like you said just a split second of like what do I think about this and you know yeah
0: yeah I feel like it's such a practice because even for myself how I've been practicing it is when I get uh, client inquiries so I try to really listen to that emotion inside of me because I usually get like an initial kind of emotion if I feel like This person is going to be a good fit for me or not. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: one example I had is kind of an extreme example where I had this one lady reach out and we just had like a very short conversation over DMs, but I felt really strongly that it was not going to be a good fit. And I was actually really triggered and then, but then because of my emotional authority, I was like, should I sleep on this? Like before rejecting her or whatever, but I sat probably for like a couple hours and I still felt so strongly that it was just not a good fit. So then I ended up telling her and like canceling uh, our first like discovery call. And she actually gave me a really, I guess, negative response. So mm-hmm. that kind of confirmed for me that it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been a good relationship. So I'm glad yeah. that I, I took that step. So I feel like it's so different for every situation though, because in that time I, I acted a bit faster than, that is recommended, I guess, for the emotional authority.
1: Yeah. And maybe it comes down to like the intensity of it. Like if you're feeling that just through an initial outreach, you're feeling this intense reaction, like, and you're kind of sitting with with that to see, okay, because I think sometimes it's like, I think it can be, you're right, like, it just completely depends on the situation. And one thing that I've also learned is um, when this comes back to the anxiety piece is, a lot of the times situations that have the potential to expand me in a good way, I feel anxious about. And then my, or not even anxious, it's nerves and it's natural. But when you've experienced like panic and anxiety, you try to avoid that at all costs. So there definitely is this element of like um, having this, you know, emotional experience and being able to discern, okay, is this because like, this is triggering me in a way that this isn't about me and this isn't about my journey. It's just like not a good fit. Or is this about like, I want to avoid the experience of like nerves and anxiety. And like, that's something that has been a big part of my experience has been, um, I would often use like avoidance of the experience of feeling nervous to justify, you know, my decision. And I'm not saying that that's what you did, but I'm just you know, saying that that's another thing that I have to be mindful of too, is learning to discern the difference. Cause like you said, it's just, every situation is so different. So I really do think it's a practice. Um, and you know, it takes a lot of time to like be able to, there's a word for it. Maybe it's like emotional intelligence and to be able to build that up and, and Yeah.
0: It's so interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like I kind of went through that just the other day, like last week, I had a really busy day with like calls and readings and I felt very anxious about it and I knew it was like my trauma coming up in my body because there was absolutely no reason for me to be anxious about it. And I honestly wanted to cancel all my calls that day, but I've been really practicing like moving my body whenever I feel anxiety come up. I feel like we talked about that before Mm -hmm. in our coaching sessions and I would just like lie on my back and shake my legs and then I felt better. And then I ended up still doing all my calls for the day. And I felt so lit up after Mm -hmm. carrying out the calls. So I knew that, I was meant to do that and it was just because of my old trauma and kind of like needing to release that anxiety and it wasn't a sign for me to stop doing what I was doing
1: yeah I I look at that as like exposure therapy to you know obviously on some level I think for all of us the element of like you know being seen and being in a position of like people are um, scheduling time with you and like you kind of have to be like let your stuff go and like that can be a lot of pressure and then um, I think for me personally like there are definitely experiences where don't get me wrong like the, the little anxiety or fear that I'm feeling is appropriate but I would say like 90% of my, like what you said about, there's no reason I should be feeling this. Like I'm competent, I'm comfortable, I'm good at this. Like I feel good about what I'm doing. That's when I know like, okay, if I make the decision to avoid this, I I probably, I'm going to continue to build the evidence that like I'm not capable of doing this. And that will just like continue to like lower my self-esteem and then on the other hand, like coming back to the exposure therapy piece, like you getting through that day despite feeling anxious, it's like more in favor of the belief about yourself that you're capable of doing those things, and you're um, you build confidence up. And I think that's a huge piece of working through anxiety. Is like for me, exposure therapy, like in a really really incremental steps of okay, I feel this thing, my normal reaction and my normal pattern would be to avoid it and, you know, to cancel everything and just kind of retreat. So like, let's see how I can just make this not like extremely overwhelming for myself, but still be able to like take small incremental steps back. And then like what you said, the feeling afterwards, like it's always for me, elation and just so much relief. It's like, we build so much up in our heads and then these scenarios that like quite often never actually unfold. And then to be able to come out on the other side of that, it's just, it just helps you change your perception of yourself and definitely build confidence. So.
0: Yeah, totally. I feel like I, I remember when you first told me about exposure therapy and that was just so interesting to me. I felt like it, it was something that I wanted to practice. So I feel like it has been a really helpful tool in overcoming anxiety. So I'm, I'm glad that you are sharing that in your content.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I wanted to, so I wanted to dive into your astrology chart a little bit. We kind of already went over some of it, but you were curious about learning more about your career and your finances, which is one of my favorite things to look at in the chart. So First, I was actually thinking of when you were mentioning that sometimes in the past, like you, you wanted to just jump on whatever was trendy or like kind of take action um, almost instantly. I actually saw that in your chart a bit. So, so your second house, which is the house of your self-worth, your values, how you spend money and how you can make money. Your second house is in Aries. So Aries is a very like assertive sign. They can be impulsive sometimes, but if they're able to learn how to work with that, they can be very, very strong as a leader, as a boss. They, since it's in your second house, I would say maybe you could make money through like competition in a sense, and just like being very straightforward, goal oriented. Do you feel like Mm. that, that resonates with you?
1: Well, it is interesting because I would say that like one of the big themes that I've been navigating and the reason why I was like, oh, I'd be curious to see what my astrology said from that perspective is like the last year has definitely been very much like trying to figure out and to chart my own course with respect to career and really trying to unlearn the idea that I could never be financially successful or like you know, all these like kind of limiting beliefs that we have surrounding money. And so going back to what you said about um, being kind of more structured and straightforward. And I definitely am always kind of trying to find the balance I really struggle with this actually of just like creative, being creative, expressing myself and like not putting a lot of constraints on my creative expression, which I feel can also be connected to my um my career and my financial well-being at least it is right now and then on the other hand like feeling a lot more grounded and like in control and intentional when I have a sense of structure and purpose and I'm more focused so I guess like where I'm at right now with that I've swung like to both sides of the spectrum where I'm like I'm not having any structure I'm just gonna like do whatever I want to do post whatever I want to post and like to be honest it I just felt overwhelmed. I was like, there's too much for me to potentially do. And I have too much like coming in and not enough like energy to really like put that out there. Um, And then it kind of got just like diluted a bit. And so I have been experimenting more recently with being a little bit more like intentional, maybe not putting out as much content, but like being more focused. Um, Does that kind of resonate with what that would, Yeah,
0: I feel like it kind of relates to different parts. So one thing I feel like I can understand why it's challenging for you, because Aries is the opposite of Libra. And because you have a lot of Libra in your chart, in order to like activate that Aries energy, it's kind of like you have to go in the opposite direction. So it's very polarizing. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so the second house is more so around your personal finances, but in terms of career, I look at the Midheaven and the 10th house, which yours is in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is a very free spirited sign. Like they don't like to be tied down. They wanna be able to explore, go on adventures. They love traveling. They're also like known for their learning and teaching because they're like an internal or eternal student and teacher. So they're very like spiritual, philosophical. I feel like that kind of relates to what you're doing because you are like doing a lot of teaching and guiding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so I would say the 10,000 is more like your career and what you are known for, like how people see you, your public reputation. And your are like- Yeah,
1: well, and that's a big theme for me is like what you said about, I do really resonate with like, you know, like the different archetypes for me. I would say that like the the rebel is like a huge part of my I really resonate with that because I've always felt like whenever I'm told for example I'm not sure if you find this with being an entrepreneur or a content creator but whenever I'm told that there's one or two ways to do something I'm like mm, no. like that's not how it's going to work for me so I remember when I was initially like considering doing my own thing and I was getting all this messaging from Everywhere. Like, I, I just found that so, in the similar way that you s- felt that when you were going through anxiety, everything was kind of like, oh, well, this is it. Like, there's no real like path forward. I kind of felt that as well. And then I felt in relation to my career, the thing that I found limiting was you're either nine to five or you're like grinding, hustling as an entrepreneur. Like, there's no other middle ground. So, a big part of my experience has been like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, the way that, you know, it's structured to be. And I think coming, coming into like manifestation, because I'm also super interested in those conversations and have experimented with that myself. I kind of feel like if I impose the limitation that I have to do it in one way, like that's how it's going to be for me. So I've just kind of tried to keep it very open. And like, anytime that I'm told, oh, well, you know, you either do this or you do that. I, I'm provided with like two opportunities or two options. I'm like, mm, I think there's other, other options out there. Just maybe we're not seeing them. And so then tying into the, um, like the teaching and learning part is like, it's I, one of my objectives at the beginning was both in relation to anxiety, but also in relation to my career path was to be very open and hopefully be able to show that there were more than just those two options and that you could be much more expansive and aligned. And that doesn't mean like, you know, you're a full-time entrepreneur, maybe you're integrating different types of things, but um, yeah, I think that definitely resonates from that perspective.
0: Yeah. I feel like what you just said also really relates to your rising sign. Cause if we dial it back and go back to just the basics, you are a Virgo sun with a Leo moon and an Aquarius rising. And what you just Mm -hmm. described was super Aquarius energy, like rebelling, not wanting to follow any rules, being very open-minded about things. And I think maybe the the struggle for you or the internal struggle of like wanting that structure and then also being open-minded comes into that relationship with your sun and your rising. Because Virgo and Aquarius don't really get along. Like there's some tension there because Virgo wants to pay attention to the details. They want to be structured. They want to have everything organized. But Aquarius mm. is like, I want something new every day. Like, let's just wing it. You know, it's, it's kind yeah. of like those opposing energies there.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like, it's funny. I find that going back to the like archetype thing, I find that I have like two little voices, if you will. And one of them is definitely, I think it's internalized also from uh, that conversation we're having earlier about like, this is how you have to live. Like you have to be structured and you have to have one linear path. And so always when I'm like going about anything, I have those two dynamics of like, this is not perfect. Like you need to be a little bit more mindful. And so I do find the balance that I find going back to that, like balance piece is I do feel more grounded when I honor that a little bit, like when I'm not completely just like going free for all, when I honor my need for like a little bit more structure and a little bit more routine, especially with mental health. I find that when I can have these like reliable containers to practice self-care or to be creative, like, and I know that I'm channeling that energy into those containers, if that makes sense, it makes me feel a lot more grounded. So playing a balance between not then once again becoming too perfectionist about it because then I'm not honoring the opposite side but yeah that definitely resonates a lot
0: yeah it sounds like like the theme of your life is really about finding that balance like that Libra Mm -hmm. energy just like wants the balance and I noticed Mm -hmm. So another one of your houses, the sixth house, is more about like your day-to-day routines. So it could relate to like what you do for your work, but more on a day-to-day basis. Your sixth house is in Cancer. So I would say that you're probably a bit more intuitive in your day-to-day life or like your productivity might depend on your emotions and your mood that day. Absolutely. Because cancer is like a very emotional sign, like they're ruled by the moon. So literally the moon changes like every two and a half days. So I think that also relates to the emotional authority. Which kind of
1: throws me off though, because like that is so I never I never knew that part of my astrology about um about the cancer piece and like the day to day routine and like how I can set myself up for success because I have noticed recently, like if I'm emotionally not in that like kind of neutral place, I really can't work well. I had this experience yesterday where like the whole morning was kind of consumed by this like family thing that I had going on and it was really impacting my, the way that I felt. And like my instinct was just like, okay, just like, let's let this go. And like, let's just get on with our day. We have like plans, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I just really felt like I had this thing within me and I was like, my attention is really needed here right now. I know that if I'm going to like suppress whatever I'm, I'm feeling, I'm going to deal with that later. And although in this moment, it feels like what I'm experiencing is taking away from my productivity. i more so look at it as like, it's not like a break from my life. It's all part of it. And so I have to be like, present with that and I feel like a lot of the time I will be like considering anything that's like a distraction from work is like not part of my life if that makes sense it's like oh I'm taking time off but it's like this is all part of it and the lows as well like that is something that I've definitely found I've had to honor so when you say that about the cancer and like the emotional fluctuations and then some days just being like I just don't have it in me today um yeah and I think coming back to the piece about like societally that really does not fit and so I've struggled a lot with that in terms of like being very in touch with that part of myself and wanting to honor it and feeling like I would feel a lot better if I did but like there's not really room for doing that in like a normal day-to-day you know um job setup. So it, it's definitely a little bit challenging, but I had never heard that before about that being part of my makeup, I guess.
0: Yeah. And it, it kind of sounds like you are already very intuitive because you, you have kind of learned these lessons about yourself and like, I'm just looking at your chart and it's really like a reflection of what you're already doing in your life. I, I, I really like to just look at astrology as a confirmation more so than, permission to do something in our lives like I feel like you're already on a path and checking your astrology is just kind of yeah like affirming that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I feel the same like with any of those you know like meaning making systems I find it's comforting because beyond anything it just can help you feel like oh I'm not the only one who experiences this and then you know, when you start to tune into conversations about astrology and human design and you see that other people, like ever since I started talking about, oh, I really struggle with not being able to do one thing. Now I've been able to shift my perception to maybe that's actually not a bad thing because there are so many other people that are in that same boat. And what if we could shift into celebrating that and like creating more acceptance and like structure for different types of like people, because right now it feels like the biggest, the, the archetype that is the most well-supported in relation to like traditional career paths is someone who like is pretty like one track has like some pretty consistent energy is easily able to navigate like high stress. And, you know, I'm talking about like specifically like a corporate type job. Um, But it just doesn't seem to have a lot of room. And this is only from my experience for different archetypes and different ways of being, I guess.
0: Totally. I I completely agree with that because I felt like whenever I was working in a corporate job or any type of job, it felt very like I felt like I was forced to show up all the time, even though Mm -hmm. I'm like inside I'm, I'm not able to be consistent, like with my emotions mm-hmm. and things like that. So it, it, I think that was a source of a lot of my anxiety, like having to force myself to be consistent in a way that wasn't sustainable for me.
1: Yeah. And then when you add like shaming yourself onto already feeling that pressure of like, why can't I do this? Like, why am I not able to, you know, fit into this mold you start to think there's something wrong with you and then you can feel even more anxiety. So I think that's why these conversations are important and like why I do love things like astrology and human design, because you can unlearn that like belief about yourself. And even if other people will continue to judge you, which like, I think that's inevitable. Um, just with the way things are set up right now, at least you're not like adding on to that by also not really being in your own corner.
0: Yes, completely. And so, I'm curious where where do you see yourself taking your practice in the future? Like embodying all this, like your your Manny Gen traits and everything.
1: I so where I where I stand right now. If you ask me, like on a different day, it's going to be a different answer. But um, I most recently, I think in the beginning, I was really I was really passionate about like the educational tools and building those up. Um, And I kind of thought that was going to be it. Like I was going to just have like, I have a couple courses and I was just going to kind of tweak those and work through those. Now I feel like, again, going back to honoring the more like diverse background of my inspiration. um, I feel like that would be one piece of it but not necessarily at the forefront. Cause another part of me is that I, I never felt good, like pushing anything that, you know, I, I didn't want people to feel like they needed to have something. It was more like, this is a resource. This is a resource if you want additional support. Um, but I never wanted to be pushing that. And so to imagine that that would be like my main thing for income. I was like, I'm going to have to, you know, figure something out. So then I started to focus more on like different ways of like sharing the resources in a more organic way. And then if people are like, I really like this, I really resonate with this in the same way that you did, like we ended up connecting outside of like social media, but um, I'm really enjoying focusing a lot on content creation in my podcast as well. And having a lot of Dialogue with people. And then, honestly, like aside from that, I'm super transparent about the fact that, like, I also take on other stuff that's not even remotely related to this. I find that it's a nice, it's actually, I thought that for a while, this had to be like my life in order for me to be successful or to like be good in this realm. I had to be like living and breathing it. I've actually found that integrating different types of work so I do a little bit of digital marketing I actually walk dogs occasionally or like babysit dogs and I'm working on a ski mountain like two nights a week doing that has actually allowed me to come up come back to this work with more energy and more excitement almost like getting that little break so that's a very long answer to your question which is I don't know how it will all like all the paths will meet for right now I'm very much honoring this like just doing a little bit of everything and then I do feel like I'm definitely gaining momentum I've started to as you saw I think um, I've started to work with some brands which has been nice because as much as people probably who don't do it might not see it like content creation is a lot of work and it's emotionally can be a lot of work to put yourself out there constantly and so it feels good to be able to monetize that as well and that's something that I felt kind of like awkward and ashamed about but now I'm really stepping into like no I deserve to be to be compensated for the work that I'm doing and I feel good about it so yeah that's kind of the next chapter. I
0: love that I feel like it's really like embodying that Gen lifestyle and It's funny that you mentioned the dog walking because I actually did that for a little bit too because I just love dogs and it was a really fun outlet for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that that was just such an interesting conversation we had today because I feel like all this stuff I could literally talk about for hours. So I'm sad that our time is coming to an end, but (laughs) could you share where people can find you online? Like, what are your links?
1: Yeah, my biggest platform would be TikTok and that's at Siobhan Lauren or Siobhan Lauren. And you might have to leave a link in the description because no one ever knows how to spell my name. Um, but that's my TikTok and Instagram. And then I also have a podcast as well. And it's called Time Alone. So those are my main things. And then my website is SiobhanLauren.ca.
0: Amazing. I will definitely leave links to that in the description so everyone can check it out. But thank you so much for joining me today. That was such a lovely conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Glow Radio. If you guys do enjoy the podcast, take a screenshot of the episode you are listening to, share it on your stories so that I can make sure to re-share it. You can also show your support by leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you so much, and I'm sending you lots of love.